Hello, it's Emmanuel here, and um, I'm really on rather a roll because very shortly my second podcast is coming up, and I have to say I'm I'm, I'm really uh, rather thrilled to be um, to be doing another one um, quite so soon. Um, I really didn't know that I'd be able to get the hang of this, and I'm not sure I have to be honest. But um, it's 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 keeping me occupied. And I'm having rather a nice time, to be honest. My guest coming up, um, her name is Judith. And, and like myself, she's a fellow retiree. And um, she's got some stories to tell, I can tell you. And, and, and fascinating, um, fascinating life. And, and I think this is what sometimes overlooked because you know the older generation have got a lot of experience and a lot to share and I think it's rather sad that we live in a culture which tends to overlook people in their latter years um anyway I also want to fill you in my marvelous maid and uh, as I said she's transformed my life and my flat in particular I mean my, I discovered that I have rather a nice kitchen floor and to be honest, I'd never really realised it was a terracotta and it was um, inlaid and uh, it was quite old. It was just covered in years of grease, I think. But um, she's really uncovered that. It's a bit like archaeology, I think. She was scraping away the layers of dirt, you know. Um, anyway, um, she's wonderful. And I'm not going to uh, give you her name because I don't want to embarrass her, but she's she's really working hard and, and she does work hard. She's a single mum and... Um, and uh, doing her best, and uh, um, a washing machine had broken the other day, and I said, look, darling, it's a bloody pain in the ass having to go to the laundrette. I have done it once in my life, and it was awful, you know, and very expensive. So, you know, I, I said, look, here, take this, and, 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 and I, I hope that she's, um, she's sorted herself out with a new washing machine because it's it's really difficult to try and struggle with a, you know, load of uh, laundry and take it to the laundrette, etc. Anyway, there's enough, enough of my, um, enough, enough of my talk, um, so we say, and let's go on to my second podcast without further ado, and here we go. So, Judith, what brought you to Birmingham? I came to Birmingham because I, th- I thought I'd found, and it was, my dream job. And what was your dream? It was, it was new and exciting, and it was to commission and set up the Regional Poisons Unit. Aha! The Poisons Unit. Now, I remember some years ago there was a film called The Young Poisoner's Handbook, which was um, about a young boy that um, was fascinated with poisons and decided to poison his family. Um, <laughs> and I can sort of kind of, um, you know, empathise a little bit with that because I have an anecdote and it was um, when I was, I don't know, about eight or nine, I decided that I would experiment with tea. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about cups of tea. And I decided I'd put three in one oil in the tea. And I presented my parents with three in one oil. My mum didn't drink any. But my poor pa was um, violently sick and his lips swelled up because he took um, several mouthfuls. So um, I wasn't allowed near the tea anymore. I'm not Um, surprised. No, so I I can kind of get, but the poisons unit. Now, now, what exactly was the poisons unit? (coughs) The poisons unit was um, a high dependency ward in a hospital um, (coughs) set up to, to deal with people who were very seriously ill. 
it was part it, we ran a dialysis unit as part of it we also were part of the national poisons information network and so my, my staff <coughs> first of all co helped compri compile the the database and also they gave advice to people who were phoning in for uh, for advice about poisonings whether it was industrial or whether it was somebody who'd taken an overdose. Yeah, so it's, a, it's an incredibly important um, aspect of, of healthcare, which I suppose most people are not really aware of, until something happens, well, that's either right. at work or at home. Yeah, um, and it was a, a, at times a despised place, because um, people don't understand why people take overdoses. Ah, yes. And, that, that, and that, 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 you know, there, yeah. there is, there is that, that sort of situation. And um, at times it was very frustrating with the uh, the way that people's offhand behaviour yeah. was I mean, was unacceptable. You, I I I I one hopes that things have moved on a bit since then. I mean, because there's, there's obviously this big buzz about mental health, etc. Yes. Um, you know, to what degree that's really moved things on, I don't know. Um, but uh, the conversation is is somewhere else because. Obviously, when you set it up, um, you know, we're talking about, what, the 1980s? Or no, the 1970s. The 1970s. The, the, end, the end of the 70s. Uh, right, so we're the talking second about, half of the 70s, the, yeah. you know, 50 years ago or so. Gosh. So attitudes were, were very different, weren't oh, they? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and I, I remember that, obviously, like, mental health anyway, people were just locked away in sanatoriums or whatever and forgotten about, whereas, you know, later on, we had more of that sort of community, um, you know, taking uh, care in the care community. community. So um, I'm interested in your name. Um, now the listeners won't know, but Judith's name is Lancastrian. So you you were you know from uh, from Preston. From Preston. Preston. That's right. Which is in uh, the county of Lancashire. Lancashire. It's the administrative centre of Lancashire. Yes, that's right. So it, it's the county town. It's no, Lancaster. Oh, Lancaster. Lancaster is the county town, but but Preston was the the um, yeah. the centre. It's now a city, of course. Yes, and your surname. Now I do apologise, but the first time I came across <laughs> it, I thought it was Judith Wally because it was spelled W H A double L E Y. Wally. It's Wally. Hawley, you know. Hawley. So it's, it's one um, of those funny, quintessential English pronunciations which oh, absolutely. someone from abroad would not get. Oh, or absolutely. even someone as ignorant as myself yes. um, would not get the fact that it's actually Wally and not Wally. Which is a, another small town in Lancashire. Oh, okay, so I don't know. It was, I mean, a, it was a village when I lived there, but uh, <clears throat> it's a small town now. Yes, it's grown. And I, I mean, obviously, my own. Um, I say I'm my own. I, I don't think I've ever been really in, in Lancashire. Uh, um, I think possibly once there was a course I did on uh, something or other, and, and, and that probably was in Preston. I May well have remember. been. And my only other sort of understanding of Lancashire was the cheese, which is really rather oh, delightful. Of course it is. Um, and it's sort of um, crumbly and creamy, and it's very sharp and, and tasty. Sharp and tasty. And um, obviously, like the people from Lancashire, I but of course, say. of course. Um, so uh, you you brought yourself down to Birmingham, and one one takes uh, that from infers from that that you were obviously a nurse. Yes. So you you didn't train in Birmingham. No, no, I trained as a nurse in Preston. So and yeah. and from there I moved round. I I had several very interesting um, sort of 
um, on on the edge of, of, of um, life-changing jobs in a way. Mm. I, I, from Preston, I went to to work in, in in Glasgow to do a course in intensive care, and I worked on the renal unit there where we were doing transplants. So became part of the transplant team. And this was early days of transplant. Well, this was in very early days of transplant. It was very early days of dialysis when um, if you uh, you know, you had to fulfil certain criteria to be dialysed. Otherwise, you never, got, you wouldn't get on a dialysis program at all. So, so <coughs> basically, in, in in those days, it was curtains for a lot of people. Yes, it? absolutely, absolutely. There was no treatment. No, um, no. Which is kind of kind of scary because I mean, obviously, we know the NHS is rather a pickle at the moment. Uh, to say, um, I took it mildly, I would say. But um, <laughs> in those days, a lot of the treatments we take for granted oh, today were very are much not new. They were very much new and cutting edge. I mean, there was no immunotherapy. Oh, no, no, nothing, um, nothing at all. Like how that. did one deal with a rejection? Because I think that's one of the things with, with, well, there with was someone a, else's kidney. The body. There was a, a, a lot of it, it. It involved taking an awful lot of medication, yeah. which which were to suppress the the uh, the body's reactions. And the thing about about that is, of course, that it it makes you prone to infections and stuff so yeah, you have it, to be it lowers the immunity it lowers the immunity yeah. a lot so you have to be quite careful at, at, at the start once you once it's under control then then it was you know you were up and running yeah. and and it was very successful and it, it was life changing <clears throat> oh absolutely people. which was why um, having worked there i became um, an ardent advocate of, of, of kidney donor any any body donor parts but in particular uh, then kidney donors because at that time you know we we were just experimenting with 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 hearts and livers and things like that so <clears throat> i've always been a great advocate of you know people well, carrying a donor card and, and now it's an opt-out system yes it, am i correct well so it's, you it's, it's, what it's, to it's, say it's, you don't yeah. want it's it's only just become an opt-out system it should have happened a long time ago i know but i suppose there were sensibilities with people who have certain well, yes, but I mean, it was even before we had um, as many um, immigrants with a different religious belief. There were so many people who, who were just not wanting their family to not go to the grave, for heaven's sake, whole. Um, well, and, I, I, and I don't think one normally um, sees an open coffin with a body in any way. I mean, you can, but I mean, yeah, but but it was you know there were times when I found it very frustrating because I was working in places where we had patients who were very possibly a really good donor, but um, I was working with people who who didn't approve, and equally families who, well, they might have, they might have not been as resistant if we'd had the opportunity to talk to them properly. Yeah, and that wasn't there. So no. It, it was a missed opportunity. I, I mean, I know, um, I, I read, I mean, I really don't know much about this, um, uh, but I have read about the fact that perhaps um, animal organs could be used, like pig hearts, because I think pigs are quite close to humans. I mean, no offence to anybody here. <laughs> um, I've known a few pigs in my time, I can tell you. Um, but, um, so, uh, you know, medicine's moving on, and I, I suppose... Oh, absolutely. And there's also where they're able to grow from stem cells around yeah. the structure. Yeah. So they've taken a heart, I believe, or an organ, they've stripped away the cellular 
DNA, if you like. There's 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 yeah. a lot of experimenting going on 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 that front. I, obviously, I'm no longer working and and sort of and and not in that area anyway. So I'm not no. up to what's going on. Um, I mean, there's some years ago you you have retired like yourself. You were a retiree, <laughs> um, but um, you've been quite busy now. I, I know that. Um, you know, from your nursing career, you also had a sideline, and, and I, I think I <laughs> Which might. One? Which well, one do you I want mean, to talk about? Well, I, I think you've got several sidelines actually. Um, uh, I know union and the unions were quite important for Very. you. Very. Um, I mean, they're quite important, and they're in the news a lot at the moment, aren't they? They are. Um, they are. And uh, myself, I mean, justifiably, I think, in order to. Um, uh, you know, uh, help people cut, get through this crisis in terms of living standards and, and um, uh, the work situation. Um, so where did that fall? I mean, who were you and what were you? And um, Well, I was, <coughs> I was um, a steward for the Royal College of Nursing and I'm still active in the Royal College of Nursing. I still work in, the, in our local branch. Um, my last job before I retired was working as the convener in our hospital trust, oh. the union, the total union convener, but I was still the Royal College of Nursing convener. So you... So I drew all the unions together and I was their, well, not their spokesperson totally, but working with the management. So I was, I was you were the go-between. I, go I was the go-between. I was the point of contact. And that's really important. And I think there's been a breakdown, obviously, I mean, I mean where that breakdown is, I don't know, but at the moment there has been this breakdown in communication um, well it's it's a breakdown in communication that is go is much higher up because yes. because you know it's the issue of the of um it's not just money and things as far as, as, as nurses are concerned well it is a big issue but our concern is bringing more people into the profession we have hundred and thirty thousand odd vacancies and and yes. you know we all need nurses you and i are going to need them well, I mean, and and it's very you, worrying to know yeah. that they're not they're not being encouraged into the profession and, because and, they can't afford it. And AI is not going to replace a nurse anytime soon because you know someone who needs to be moved on in a bed is not going to be moved by AI. No. Um, and I, I think it's all very well talking about the NHS and how it's going to revolutionise the NHS. I yeah. do think that we do have a problem with actual you know um, people there in the hospital who can help and, and, and physical bodies yes. to do the job. Um, and I, I think this, this is one of the conundrums of modern society that you hear a lot of noise about immigration and cutting that down. But on the other hand, you're not producing enough homegrown people yeah. to do those jobs. So then you inevitably have to go abroad to bring nurses in, which is not necessarily ethically. Well, it's, right it's robbing other countries that obviously need their nurses, but, but yeah. they see coming here as, as a, well, a, you know, a, be a better, different life. Yes, that's right. So, I mean, that, that was an incredibly important part of your, your life, hasn't it been? Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a very valuable um, thing to be doing because, I mean, you know, we're all going to need well, nurses. Well, if, 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 if you don't care for the staff, if you don't care for your staff, they don't do the job. And if you want them to look after people properly, you have to make sure they're properly cared for. Exactly. And and, and uh, obviously the wages are part of it, but I know it's more than that because it's the same across the board with lots of uh, public servants who, yeah. who are under a lot of stress and strain. Yeah. And, um, 
they feel they're on a treadmill going nowhere. Yep. Um, and that's that's very sad. Um, and one hopes that you know things can can get better. Mm. Well, they can get better. I mean, I think they have to. Well, we all know they can. I think the people, the people like you and me, we know that, and we would work for that. Um, that's that's interesting. Now, I know there's another area which fascinates me, and always has, is the sort of idea of the paranormal. Oh. And it's a, it's a bit like that whole thing that's been in the news recently about aliens and the American <laughs> Secret Service have suppressed, um, you know, reports of, you know, I don't know, little green men. Well, that's very uh, misogynistic. <laughs> they could have been little green women, couldn't they? Absolutely. And um, they could have been red. I don't know. But um, so really, yes, I mean, where does that fit in and how did you get into that? Well, <clears throat> I started young. Yes. The, first, the, first, the first ghost, if you like, I saw was my father walking down the stairs. My father died just before my seventh birthday. And I suppose about six months later, he was walking down the stairs, really turning back the sleeves of his jacket the way he used to do. Mm. And, and, and obviously. It was, it was a little, yeah. a little disconcerting. And I went and told my mother, and she just said, "Oh well, that, yes, I've seen him too." So, the oh, so so, did she say that in order to make you feel okay? And she had, or do you think she had seen him? Oh, she'd seen him. So, so it was a it was a case of she had seen him. Yeah. She, he he'd visited, um, and you'd seen it. Now it's interesting that you were seven because a seven year old child, in my view, I mean, I don't know much about them, <laughs> um, but probably wouldn't be making that up. I don't think kids make that up. I mean, I don't know if you saw that film, The Sixth Sense. There was a child in there who was seeing his ghost. I don't think kids do that. Do they? No. They, they wouldn't. Well, you don't. Um, you, you don't. You don't have the. Um, oh, it's hard to describe. You don't have the nous to 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 make make things up like that. No, I mean I know kids <laughs> have like make believe friends and things like that, but yeah. I don't. I think that's. Yeah. That's, so it's interesting, so that was your first encounter, and you thought that was a bit odd, but perhaps it was reassuring at the same time, or...? Well, yes, I mean, I believed, um, I, was, I was there when he died, so, I mean, I, I knew he was dead, and yeah, I just so... believed that he'd gone to a better place, and, and that was all there was to it, and he, why he wanted to come downstairs and go off to work, I don't know, but... Well, maybe that was to reassure you that... Possibly, you know, possibly. I don't know, I mean, don't this know. is interesting... So, um, so from there, that was the first time, were you aware that you had a gift, or not a gift, but you were able to see these things? Was, was there another... Oh, no, I never thought, I, ne I really never thought anything very much, very much about it. But then um, I went to, obviously I went to work as a nurse, I went to train as a nurse, and there are always stories around hospitals. Especially, I mean, there are new hospitals these days, but when I started working at the end of the 60s, it was, you know, they were all old hospitals. Yes, that, I mean, uh, like in the, Birmingham, they, the, the hospital in Birmingham yeah. was, a, I believe, was it a workhouse or something? Oh, the, the hospital I w was yes. working in in Birmingham had been the workhouse. Yeah, so Birmingham. that's pretty traumatic. <laughs> and so it was, yes, so there were lots of, of discomfort there. But uh, I thought, having worked in old hospitals, I mean, my first encounter in a hospital was um, when I worked in Glasgow 
and Glasgow, the, the, the Royal Infirmary, is, is three blocks, the medical wing, the surgical wing and, and the central block. And the doctor's mess was on the, on the fifth floor, on the top floor of the, of the centre block. <coughs> and um, the nurse's home <laughs> was at the back of, of, the, of the, the medical wing, so you had to go downstairs and out through a conservatory. But I've been up in the mess and I was walking, I was walking back to go downstairs. And um, I saw one of the sisters walking towards me. And I just said, oh, good evening, sister. And, and, and walked on. And then I suddenly thought, she was walking along at knee level. She was walking along a different floor level to the one I was on. Oh, so. And when yeah. I turned round, of course, she, she'd gone. So that was quite interesting. So I went off and talked about it. And I said, oh, yes, yeah, she was, you know, she was well known up on the top floor. And, so, and, and when she was working was some period before, obviously. Well, I, yes, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what what her history was. I mean, I, I, that was just an encounter I made because I suppose I, I only worked in that hospital for about ten months, so I didn't, I didn't, no. I didn't get a chance to explore all its history. No, you, what's interesting, you didn't know about it, and you no. weren't actively looking. It was just a case of. Mind my own business, walking along a corridor, you see somebody you think is a, you know, your superior, and you say hi or hello or whatever. And, and so yeah. that's why it, it, it strikes me as being quite um, significant. Um, and it, it's something that, um, you know, you haven't made up. You no. know, it's, it's, no. it's interesting that. And obviously later on you found out um, the significance of that. Well, yes, that that she had been that that she was well known that everybody, you know, she was known about. Mm. Um, so I've met different people in different places. And and, and at the hospital in Birmingham, you 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 yes, encountered. but not only in the hospital in Birmingham, my house in Birmingham. Oh, had, had a ghost right. as well. And well, had has still. House, you still well, have oh yeah, that yeah. House. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so he's still there somewhere. And and has anyone else encountered him? My mother did when she came to stay. Okay. And it was quite interesting because um, I had a dog and a cat at the time. Yes. And there were times when they would both sit up and look and I would think, oh, he's back again. Yes. I have, I, I, you know, I, I, I really don't know what to think, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know whether I, I believe it, you know, especially if I had a few drinks. I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> that I would actually believe what I'm seeing as a ghost or not. But... Um, I, I do have experience that with dogs, that I was dog-sitting, mm. and these dogs were in a very big room of a very old house, mm. and I do know that the occupant of that particular house had died, and he was quite famous, and suddenly, out of nowhere, the dogs ran to the middle of the room and looked up and were barking, and they followed whatever it was out into the hall. Mm. And then whatever it was had disappeared and the dog stopped. But, I mean, that was quite unnerving because they, they were very relaxed, lying there, and all of a sudden they just went... They were off. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um... But then <coughs> the hospital that I was working in had been, had been the workhouse. It was built as the workhouse infirmary in, in, in 1887 um, because the, the workhouse infirmary was overflowing, so they built a new hospital. So it's, you know, got a, had a long history of lots of people in there. Um, some who, during the First World War, it was emptied and, and used for the military. Yeah. So it had had a lot of um, ill, distressed people 
people in it, um, mm. apart from, you know, everyday, everyday happenings. And um, fortunately for me, um, I made a friend with a girl who came to work there who happened to be a medium. Oh, right, okay. So, so we, had, um, we had an interesting time sometimes walking around and meeting people. And one... Um, one ri- we say meeting people, meeting real people or meeting ghosts? Meeting ghosts. Oh, right. Okay, so she... Uh, did she help you make contact or they were just there? They were, they were, they were just there and, and sometimes I could see people but sometimes I could feel them and, and uh, she would describe people and I could almost tell her who they were from, from, because I was, I was yeah. interested in, in the history of the place. I had been interested in the history of the place. Because in 1987 we had celebrated the centenary, so I did a bit of research, as you do. And um, one of the um, one of the secretaries said to me one one day, Judith, we're really worried because um, there's all sorts of weird things happening in our office, and you know it's it's at the top of the top of the hospital and in, in the very old part of the hospital, and and the fridge kept keeps being turned off and the papers keep being moved and and all sorts of things like that so we waited till everybody was had gone home and, and went went up there and it was quite interesting because it was the oldest part of the hospital that had been the nurses home in the 1880s when the place was built and we discovered that the the person who was most put out about this that was doing all the moving was um, Anne Gibson, who had been the first lady superintendent of the hospital, and her her um, her deputy, they were. It was it, this. This had been her home. It was her bedroom and sitting room. Oh, I see. And, so you were in her space. And, and and they were making a mess. What all this stuff? It's always untidy. It's dreadful. Um, and it was really interesting because I could feel somebody and um. Sandria described this small lady. Um, who who had still had her white hat on and was wearing a, a dark a dark brown dress and a, a neat collar and I said oh Anne Gibson the lady's name and then the voice came straight back at me Miss Gibson and it was typical because of course a Victorian matron would have been nobody other than Miss Gibson yes that's right so you wouldn't and address it was, her anything as anything else absolutely <clears throat> and it was really interesting. It's so, really so interesting. What was the outcome of that? Did, did that stop? After well, that? well, the outcome was that um, for, for quite some time um, the things weren't moved around, and then there was um, they had some building work done up there, and and things started moving again. Mm. But I, you know, I I can understand the disturbance. Yeah. What will be really interesting yes. is that, of course, the hospital is is due to be demolished. And they're going to build, um, you know, turn it into a huge estate. But they're actually going to keep that block ah. and turn it into apartments. And almost certainly, they're going. They have taken the, the company that's uh, that's doing it have taken down the the archway of tears. The archway of tears was part of the entrance to the workhouse that I, had been left. Yes, I I I, and, I have seen pictures. Of yeah, it has been taken down, and apparently they're going to rebuild it and attach it to this block. And it will be really interesting to take a walk in there with my friend Sandria when they built it. Well, and one one also wonders whether or not the people moving in will experience some some bizarre 
um, happenings. I mean, I mean, Absolutely. I mean, and also, obviously, the whole site's being developed. And oh, there are ghosts have, Oh, there, there's, lots of, there's lots of other ghosts, because when they built the, the eye centre, um, the eye centre is, is built on a part of the, the, the trust that ha had been, um, amongst other things, huge 120-bed workhouse wards. And uh, when they built the eye centre, it was um, it was being commissioned, and it had been handed over. So there was security in there at night, obviously to keep it safe. And um, security got really spooked because the um, alarms were being set off. The, mm. the CCTV and the alarms were being set off. So when when they went and looked at it. On the CCTV, there was a grey figure that moved around uh -huh. and, of course, was setting off all the alarms. So, so you have actually recorded evidence of some entity? Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there was. I mean, it, I mean obviously it's not no, it's but, no, but it was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And that's fascinating because I, I think, you know, you're not going to make these things up, are you? And, of course, no. you know, um, the security people are not going to know. Oh, no, and, no, and, no. And they were legitimately yeah, yeah. concerned there was an intruder. Yeah. Yes, um, because, because the security weren't, weren't our in-house security team. They, oh. they were security that had been brought in as extra. Yes, to, and they weren't to, familiar to, with... To, to, to sit, sit, round, sit round and mind the place. Yes, and, yeah, of course. And, and so they wouldn't have any idea of what had happened in the past. They were just, you know, doing their job, you know, and that, that was it. Um, yes, and where they were sitting, they were sitting in a new building as far as they were concerned. They didn't know that they were sitting on a lot of history. So, I, you know, there, there obviously are, um, you know, quite a number of cases of, uh, you know, paranormal oh, yeah, activity yeah. there. And one would expect that, as obviously if it's been a workhouse. I, I do believe that um, I'd heard that there was some development proposed um, further down the road and they were supposed to be using the site, but they have stopped doing that because they found the bones of very young infants and babies that have been buried there and they think they've come from the workhouse. Um, uh, this is something I, I was told um, and they've since not done any more work because I presume if you find bones you have to... Well they, they, have, to, they have to excavate them and, and, and try and discover, try and ascertain the age and, 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 and if they can how they died. Yes. For obvious reasons, but then they have to be reinterred in a cemetery. They're going to be being reinterred, but I, I would imagine. Oh, I'm sure they will, because there's all the work that's gone on down in at the, with the building of HS2. Yes. That they've, they've disinterred an awful lot of, of bones, found out a lot of interesting things doing it. Yes, I mean. And um, it's they're being reinterred in Witten Cemetery. Oh, okay. So that—that's what I, my understanding was. That you, mm. know, you come across them, and obviously, one ascertains that they're very old bones, and yeah. they're not from a recent mass murderer. One no. hopes, well, hopes um, not. No, uh, hopes. You know, absolutely. And that's, that's it. And really fascinating. So, well, I'm—you know—I'm so thrilled I've been able to make contact with you, <laughs> um, and you've really given me a fantastic, you know, um, insight into um, your career. And obviously, I'm very interested in the paranormal. Um, I, I think as one approaches one's latter years, <laughs> you become more um, concerned about where you might end up. I don't think I'm going to end up anywhere very nice, but um, one hopes it's, it's not purgatory.
Well, um, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So um, um, it's been a pleasure. Um, my name's um, uh, Emmanuel, and uh, I've been speaking to the lovely Judith Worley, and not Wally. Uh, you've been listening to um, Vita Amina. I can't even say it properly. Vita Anima, and uh, I'm thrilled to have been here with Judith, and I'll be with you again soon.